Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Six eight seven zero seven zero zero. On this episode, we're going to talk more about these anthem protests, especially given with what happened with the vice president on this past weekend, and also with the news of, or not fake news, with Kaepernick and Jerry Jones and Jamil Hill and all that surrounding these protests. And also, we're going to have a bit of a flashback to before this podcast. And play the very first interview I ever had with Super Bowl champion Burgess Owens. So all that on this episode of Trend Chat. Stick around. Everybody to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host Brian Bledsoe, and as always, if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24/7. And I write for Politichicks.com. If you want to read some of my articles on there, just go to Politichicks.com/author/BrianBledsoe. And don't forget about the book Politichicks: A Clearing Call to Political Activism which is available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about 
healthcare, education, general political issues, and activism, and the article that I contribute to the book is in the section called Activism, talking about my time as a delegate at the Republican National Convention. So, as always, definitely go out and get a copy. And also, a little bit new, uh, I want to mention that I will be speaking at the Republican Women of Arlington fundraiser on October 20th. And with the Politichicks, they're they are the feature and, you know, they brought me in to do, a, I guess, to speak a little bit, which is actually going to be my first speaking engagement. So just want to bring that up in case of anyone who wants to uh, to attend. Uh, just go to, well, go to my Facebook, uh, go to Trend Chat Facebook page and you should see the link to that uh, fundraiser. So definitely I I'm excited given this is my first speaking engagement and i'm you know definitely um i guess i say a little bit nervous about it but i'm more excited than nervous because i kind of already have an idea of what i want to talk about and just i guess i also when it comes to this podcast kind of want to know what i decided on speaking about you know it's going to be within the time frame that i have for it so i don't you know i have to gauge all that at the time i guess maybe there'll be other speaking engagements so i can you know learn how to either shorten or lengthen the speech according to whatever time i'm given so so like i mentioned in the beginning these anthem protests have this story just keeps keeps on growing there's always new little stories that happen and so this past weekend, the Indianapolis Colts played the San Francisco 49ers, and Vice President Mike Pence was in attendance. And, you know, it, it, when it came time for the national anthem, obviously this is a point where everybody's eyes are glued to seeing who's going to be kneeling, who's going to be standing. And, you know, to come to no, no one's surprise, there were people, especially from the Fort, uh, 49ers, who knelt for the for the anthem. That really wasn't surprising at all to see that happening. But what happened uh, as well is that the vice president decided to walk out because of their, you know, because of them kneeling, and um, that just caused a a, <laughs> a huge uproar, especially among the media. How dare the vice president leave? And but well, one of the players, or maybe he's a former player. I don't know. And his name Eric Reed. He he kind of equated this to systematic systematic oppression because the vice president left because of you know because of the anthem protest. And he, I guess he well he. Posted a statement on Twitter and well all over social media, just saying that he didn't want to dignify an event that's going to disrespect the flag and the military, and I mean, and so on, so on. And then you had people in the media coming out saying, "Well, this was a a PR stunt because he because um, he walked out and all that." Look, in my opinion, the possibility 
of someone kneeling during the national anthem, especially with someone like the vice president in attendance is very high. So to say that this wasn't already planned. Yeah. I, I, I would guess this probably was planned, you know, in a sense that, okay, what if everyone stood that probably would have been <laughs> the, uh, I guess you would have to go to plan B if everyone stood because you automatically think that if all, you know, all these players have been kneeling all this time, you're pretty sure they're going to do it then. So if they do, I'm going to leave to make a statement. And so he made a statement and then the media want to make, make it look like it's some sort of PR stunt. Well, isn't what the players doing as far as kneeling for the anthem that is a a PR or political stunt as well. If you want to look at it like that, they're doing something to gain attention to of whether you agree or disagree with their reason for kneeling, but they're trying to get attention and they're trying to make a statement. So in this case, the vice president decided to make a statement. So I don't see what is why. Well, I don't see why it's wrong, but obviously I, it's not surprising that the media wanted to make it, you know, one-sided as far as making making it look bad for the vice president to leave, as opposed to at the same time, totally defending the the players and their stunt. So, but that wasn't the only story on Sunday, especially actually, because um, then there was a story by the Associated Press and I think CBS Sports coming out saying that Colin Kaepernick said that he will stand for the anthem if he's signed to a team. Now, when I first heard that, I, you know, I just kind of like kind of bust out laughing in a way because I, after all of this and starting all this controversy, now all of a sudden you decided you want to stand. I was, I was like, really? And I mean, at this point, if I was an owner and even, even though he said he's willing to stand, I'm like, nah, that's all right, bro. <laughs> You've started this whole little, you know, PR disaster for us. And now all of a sudden you are like, well, you know, now I want to, I'll stand now. Funny because, um, I posted on Facebook because to me, it feels like he kind of did this whole putting the story out that he'll stand because maybe he was, I don't know, maybe he's low on money. And he, he said, okay, maybe if I, if I say I'm going to stand for the anthem, you know, maybe these um liberal buddies of mine or these donors that definitely want to, you know, they definitely for my cause and want me to continue going on and, you know, stirring all this up. If I say I stand, maybe they'll give me a little more money, <laughs> you know, shake them down in a way. So, I mean, that's just what I think. Now, it could have easily been, and I honestly, I, I think this probably is what really happened is that that the reporter, whoever it was, just maybe took a little, <laughs> took a little liberties with what Kaepernick said and went too far as far as saying what he would do. That's kind of what I think probably happened. But hey, if the other thing is how I guess how I 
describe it. Maybe that was uh, in his thought process too. Maybe he was just thinking about you can get a little more money from um you know George Soros or something if uh, if he threatened through the media that he might stand for the anthem because you don't want him to do that. He's the uh, he's the poster boy for all this. <laughs> can't can't have him going out there and you know doing away with this whole anthem anthem protest and so they'll see that happening they're like well look you don't need that money you don't need the nfl money you don't need that white man's money we'll give you whatever you need you just continue fighting my brother yeah you know whatever like that so and then i think i think all this happened on sunday then later on a uh, story came out about Jerry Jones, owner of Dallas Cowboys, and the owner of the Dolphins. I don't remember his name, but those owners came out and saying that uh, from now on, the players are required required to stand, you know, for their teams. That they are mandating that all their players stand now, which you know, okay, that's that's totally their right as owners of their teams to to make that. Uh, decision so whatever to that but then Jamel Hill uh, you know sportcaster from ESPN decided to go on a tweet fest in a way and basically make it um, kind of in a subtle way even though she tried to said it this is not what she was trying to say but she definitely was talking about, well, if that's what you want, if, um, if you want real change, if you want some change, then you need to boycott his advertisers, his being in, um, Jerry Jones. If you don't agree with what he's, he is doing now with, uh, telling the players to stand for the anthem. And when I saw that tweet in particular, I replied and saying, well, the same can apply to you and ESPN. If I don't like what Jamil Hill is spouting out all the time and calling President Trump a white supremacist or whatever liberal nonsense she's always talking about, or and as far as ESPN in general, then you could stop um, patronizing the their advertisers of ESPN. So, you know, it can go both ways. The way she's wanted to bring it up, she kind of more make it seem like, well, it should happen to them. Yeah, well, it, should, it could happen to you too. And I don't know, given the fact that this is the second time she's kind of went on this rant, political rant, in the past couple of weeks, outside of you know when she was saying about President Trump being a white supremacist, ESPN, for some reason, I really don't know why now but they decided to suspend her for two weeks for i guess violating the social media policy now so i don't know maybe espn has gotten to the point that their ratings or they're not getting the money that they advertising dollars that they were getting before and maybe they've finally have realized maybe we should just stick to sports even though a lot of those sportcasters love to dismiss that notion. Well, we can't stick, just stick to sports because there's other things going on in the world. Well, you still don't have to talk about it. You are a sports network. 
So if you did just stick with sports, it would you a lot of things as far as any other issues, whether it's political or whatever, you don't have to talk about those issues. You choose to talk about those issues. You could very well just talk about, you know, the plays in the game and whatever else is going on surrounding the game. But as far as all these other issues, you choose to get in, involved in those issues. Try to make it seem like you have to talk about this. You ain't got to do anything. So <laughs> to try to make it seem like, well, we can't just stick to sports. No, you choose to not stick to sports because you can do it. So all of that happened, I think, on Sunday, actually. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was just, yeah, it was a crazy crazy day um i mean obviously i mean for me i i just heard about it through twitter and facebook um like i still don't i i haven't been watching the games and it's not like i'm on this like like big nfl boycott i'm not that's not me i just don't care no more (laughs) I have stopped caring and I have talked about this. I don't know how many times on here, so I'm not going to go on into why, but yeah, I just don't care about watching NFL. I don't, I really don't care about watching NBA. Like I'm kind of over all these sports leagues, especially the ones that want to make their, um, that want, don't want to stick to sports. Like they want to make their political statements out there during the game and, and I don't care about seeing none of that. So it's just, it's annoying. And it has annoyed me to the point to where I just don't care about watching. Like I have no problem with whatever statement you want to make outside of the game. I mean, it's like um, these actors in Hollywood. All these actors, you know, they out here, they make plenty of liberal statements. <laughs> Trust me, they make plenty of them but they don't do it in the role they're playing when they're playing a role, they're playing that role or whatever it is, uh, what is a superhero or whatever. Um, like, uh, in, in the example I'm thinking of right now, uh, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America on Avengers. So when he's in the movie, he's playing Captain America, which is totally fine, but he definitely is a big time liberal. Because he makes all those statements outside of his role as Captain America. And so that's what I'm saying as far as I'm told I have no problem with that. Cause this is all this as far as these sport sport leads go, this is entertainment. Movies, sports, all this is entertainment. You're playing a game. That's basically you know, that's all you're doing. You're playing a game. And it's all part of entertainment. And so when you start going into political issues, which are automatically divisive, you're basically just, you feel like that you are more important in tra- as, as far as doing whatever, whatever job it is, whether it is throwing a football or, you know, bouncing a ball or whatever. So, Anyway, like I said, from all that, I guess I kind of added into more as to why I'm, I don't care about all this anymore. And, um, but yeah, so I don't really care. Like, it's not like I, 
I break out in the hives or get triggered if I see it on at a bar somewhere. If it's on, I'll watch it. But I just don't go out of my way to watch it anymore. It's like I'm not going to turn on my device, my device to, oh, what game is on today? Or, oh, I got to see this or that game or whatever. I just don't care. If it's on, it's on. If it's, you know, if it's not, I don't care no more. And also, for me, I'm actually am part of the Nielsen rating system for the device that I have. So in a sense, I do kind of not watch in a, in that way just because, you know, given that whatever I watch does goes toward the ratings. So I was already not interested. So now on top of the fact that if I do even watch it, it goes towards them getting higher ratings. Then I'm like, I now really don't go and watch. I don't even click on it. Because now I'm like, I already don't care for watching it anyway. So why would I even give you any, any help in your ratings? So, so rent is over. <laughs> like I said, we're going to get to a flashback interview. This was done in July, actually, of last year. And this is my very first interview. I haven't, no, I've never done any sort of interviews with people and, I was, you know, glad to have Burgess Owens to be my first interview. And actually, he was my first interview when I did the podcast at CPAC. So this is part of a two-part episode. So the first part is this interview from last year with Burgess Owens. The um, he At this time, he had a book coming out called liberalism or how to turn good men into weenies whiners and wimps <laughs> and um this was before the book came out and part two will be on thursday with a interview this week with burgess owens and we just talk a little bit more and i'm pretty sure we're going to talk about the anthem protests and all that so so before we get to that interview let's hear from our friends with the founder project Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Yeah, and so once again, this was um, you're definitely gonna hear hear it a little differently as far as how I do an interview. And actually, when I hear um, when I play this back before putting it on here, I'm like, I did pretty good. Just I guess in in somewhat critical of myself and listening especially for a first time interview. I'm like, well, I, I did my homework as far as trying to write questions out and everything, but I'm like, okay, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was when I first heard it. So, so that's being said, let's get to this interview with uh Burgess Owens, Super Bowl champion Burgess Owens. And this is from July of last year. Just to let you know, because we're going to talk about some issues that were going on at that time. So this is, Right after July 4th weekend. So, 
Without further ado, here's the interview with Burgess. Hello, this is Politics. My name is Brian Bledsoe, and we are glad to have former NFL player, Super Bowl champion Burgess Owens, who has authored a book titled Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. Thanks for your time, Mr. Owens, and thank you for speaking with us, and how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian, and looking forward to chatting with you. You know, I think we're at a very crucial point in our nation's history, and I'm excited about getting together with conservative black uh, men and women across the country who, believe, who still believe in our country and uh, are willing, and willing to work hard to, to take it back and resurrect our particular community. So I look forward to the process and having this conversation with you. Well, first off, I want to say, in looking at the title of your book, I definitely believe that it should be the Webster Dictionary definition of liberalism from now on, because it's definitely <laughs> spot on. But uh, I also want to know, um, how did the title come about? Okay, well, that's that's an interesting, it's a good question, and actually it's, it's designed to, to help us to all think. Uh, first of all, the book is two-part. It's a celebration of the success of the first 100 years after the Civil War of our race. A lot of people do have no idea how successful, how much on track, how much of a, a competitors we were with the right race, with the white race, for the first hundred years. We uh, in the 1960s, over 50 percent of our uh, of our race was part of the middle class. We had the highest percentage of entrepreneurs. We had the highest percentage of men committed to marriage. We were committed. We were competing head to head with the white uh, unions. That's why they had to pass uh, the Davis Bacon Act. So it's a, in a sense, it's a celebration of what I grew up in down south in a very proud, segregated community. Uh, at the same time, uh, an update of the betrayal of our race by a group of, of white, liberal, anti-capitalist, atheist, uh, anti-Marxist. You know, I mean, this is the group of people that, had, that a lot of people are not aware of that were actually founders and the board of directors of the NAACP. So my book is kind of a look at the greatness of it and also the betrayal of it by those who a lot of people have no idea who were behind the curtains at this point. So just to really bring out what I believe we need to do again, and that is bring our men back to start fighting for our, for our, uh, our race again. Okay. Also, um, I just want to ask, in case of anyone maybe not know um, your backstory, and how did you, I guess, make your uh, role to conservatism? Well, uh, it is, I think it's interesting. If you look at our race overall, uh, we have always been a conservative race. Uh, we, we have always, in the past, had a very strong tie to our country, patriotism, hard work, entrepreneurship, uh, believe in traditional marriage. Um, those, those, kind of, those are the, the foundations of what I was brought up in. Uh, I was brought up believing that America is a place that you can do anything you want to if you work hard and you stay honest. And, and I left my community of uh, Tallahassee, Florida, the segregated community, to go out to the University of Miami. I went there knowing that no matter where, where I was going to compete, on the field or in the classroom, I could compete. So that conservative nature is part of who we are. What happened, though, is we started voting as, as Democrats, and I did too. I, I voted as a Democrat all the way up to the point where I left the NFL and began to get into the, the real world and compete. And when I got out there, I realized there's so much opportunity out there for us, and there's no such thing as a white man trying to hold us down. It's our attitudes to keep us back. And I realized that. I realized that the liberal Democratic Party has been using our race for a long, long time 
to, to get us hopeless and helpless so we can depend and vote on them. So I'm a very strong advocate of, of uh, independence and uh, free enterprise, and the conservative values are, are very much ensconced in those in, in that ideology. Definitely, um, definitely wanted to bring up about a term that you coined in your book called a royalty black class. Yes. And um, and I just wanted to wanted to ask about. I know you mentioned the NAACP, and, and also in your book you mentioned um, about BET. And I just want to just want to ask about, I guess in, in particular this, um, I guess you would call a royalty black class entertainer Jesse Williams, who had okay. this so-called great speech um, a couple of weeks ago in, in the BET Awards, and I was just wondering what your opinion of that particular speech. But, yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's important that our race uh, in America understand what has happened to us, why we go on to such a successful competitive race up into the 60s to where we are now. And it begins with understanding the royalty black class. There is a group of blacks who since 1910 have looked at themselves as being the best of class. They are the elitists. The other ones that were okay with bringing Margaret Singer, the race population control person, into our community. Uh, they're the ones that stand strongly with the Democrats against every single pro-black legislation out there, whether it be school choice, or uh, allowing our kids to have the, the opportunity to have to have jobs by bringing down the minimum wage. There's a class of people, and there's about a third of our race, that will actually stand strong with liberalism. And the, the thoughts of liberalism and socialism highlights and is, is, is more important to them than their race. So identifying them and understanding that they're not our friends, that we need to finally stand up to them also, because they're the ones that hide the, the wizard. And I, I'm going to just make this point real quickly. <clears throat> The Wizard of Oz is something we all remember, Dorothy. Well, the Wizard of Oz for us has been those white bullies and cowards that stand behind the curtains and direct other blacks to attack blacks like myself who are giving other options. The, the wizards have been in the past, those uh, the atheists and the Marxists that began the NAACP. Today they are the VICOM. That's the, the board of directors, the, the, the organization, organization that owns BET. BET has not been a black organization for 15 years. But the last 15 years, we've had white liberal racists that have, have firehosed our community with anti-black, anti-white, anti-American, anti-capitalism, anti-Christian message. And what we have today is a result of that. We have a very angry black men and women, boys and girls, who do not love our country anymore because of what Viacom, Viacom, has introduced into our into our, our communities, and uh, I look at it very simply as this: they have been breeding our country, our, our community for over 100 years. They've been breeding our kids for the abortionist uh, cartel. 16 million black babies have been aborted, you know, out of out of a population of 40 million. That's that is in, in some cases I'll be looking at that genocide. We have uh, we keep our kids uh, kids being dumbed down so they continue to vote for Democrats. 95 percent of a group think that votes for one party is ridiculous. So the the book kind of goes through that process of who our real enemy is. And believe it or not, it's not a race that's our enemy. It's an ideology. Ideology of liberalism and socialism has killed us, has actually destroyed our communities for the last 50, 60 years. I know you had different terms for, like, the royalty black class, whether it be the politician or others in the book. And I was just wondering, where would you 
put BT or Black Lives Matter um, okay. in that? Very, very good question. Um, yeah, first of all, I think it's important to understand where the messaging comes from. Black Lives Matters, uh, there's a group of people that really don't care about black lives. What they care about is, is they're anti-cops, they're anti-authority, they're anti-American. And when you see them uh, fighting for black lives, they're only the lives that are being killed by policemen. They don't care about the lives killed by the abortionists or the, or the, or the, the lives killed because of 93% of black, uh, black boys in Chicago do not have jobs. They're unemployed and become unemployable, so therefore they're hopeless. So BET, understand, is run by a white organization, a white corporation, a totally 100% white uh, uh, board of directors, Viacom. So every bit of information that we're now hearing from BET comes from those white liberal bullies and cowards that hide behind the curtain. If people understood that, they, and they realize every time they hear somebody talk about Black Lives Matter or anti-cops or Blacks don't have an opportunity. Understand, it's coming from white liberal Democrats. That the blacks that are talking are only the voice, the only the, the, the mouthpiece. That's all they are. They're being used, and uh, it's time for us to pull back the curtain and point these people out. And for people like Jesse Williams, very wealthy young man who's half white, I, I guess my, my question to him as he goes through this diatribe of how bad this country is and how much we have done against the black people. I guess half of him has to feel apologetic for being part of that because and in, in, in his mom is white, his, his dad is black, and you have to make sure if he's going to be pointing to, to a race as being the problem that he's half the problem because he's half white. So it, 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 it's a nonsensical way of, of, of thinking when you get into this racism thing because as we become racist, we become half the problem. We become the problem when we turn ourselves into racist Americans versus proud black Americans. You know, it's fun, that's funny because um, I don't remember him saying that or President Obama at, at that in that fact too. They, I don't see them both coming up like, well, yeah, I'm half the problem too. <laughs> well, it, what it is, is, you have to understand again. It's, it's a when you understand socialism, socialism is a is a battle we have to fight and we have to pull our our country back from. And I'm hoping that a Black Americans who love our country and there's. 20, there's a poll that came out a while back that 20% of, of, of black Americans love our country. They have traditional conservative values. They believe in God, believe in family. We have to stop voting for a party that, that stands against what we vote for. We have to also stand against an ideology that has really uh, has undermined our, our race in big, big ways. So, yes, when you get into socialist people, the socialism, it's always elitism versus race. It's always the class versus race. So when you get into people like that, they don't. Their bottom line is to undermine what makes our country great and to divide us. And one thing I can say for sure, we are a country based on Judeo-Christian values. We 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 believe in, in that that God has has directed our country, has given us the opportunity to look at each other from inside out, not outside in. And once we allow these racist, socialist, liberal, democratic. Uh, Democrats to take over and to drive our nation, we become a very divided nation. So whether it be black or white, they are the problems when we become racist. Yeah. Well, at the time of this interview, we are a few days removed from July the 4th. And you have people from what is Black Lives Matter or other liberal groups that kind of going on this narrative that uh, of a, like a hashtag saying America was never great. And I just want to ask, well, 
what do you say to people like that? Well, I understand where that thought process comes from. Uh, remember I talked about the uh, the wizard behind the curtains. Well, one of the, the, the founders, the board members of the NWC was named, the guy was named John Dewey. John Dewey was, a, was an atheist. He's a Marxist. He's also the founder of the anti-Christian ACLU and progressive edu- education. Well, you want to know why our, our kids have no clue about our nation and the pride we should have and our success we've had as a, as a community is because progressives decide not to teach them that. So I'm not surprised. If, well, that's why we need to have school choice. We need to have our parents have the choice of getting their kids out of those kind of schools so that we taught the greatness of our country, the greatness of our race, and the greatness of Americans overall. So I'm not surprised at all that these, uh, these kids are clueless. That's also why, by the way, the same uh, royalty black class people and, and the white liberals make sure they vote against school choice for black kids. They don't put their kids in these back these failure schools, but they want to make sure our kids stay there so they continue to vote and be bred as Democrats. So uh, I'm not surprised at all again. It's just the way uh, socialists work, and we just have to fight against it by making sure we get, give our, our, our nation the freedom to give our kids the kind of education that will give them a pride in who they are and what they're all about. Also, recent news is going on, um, especially down in Louisiana and also in Minnesota uh, in the past couple of days, but it was uh, Austin Sterling down in um, Baton Rouge, Orlando, um, I forget his last name, uh, but we had some tragic shootings in the past couple of days, and you're, you're already seeing groups like Black Lives Matter and, other, and others just out there going on without facts. Not yeah. having, not letting any investigation go on before, uh, and already blaming racism or any, anything to stir up the emotions of the community. And I just want, just want to ask you uh, what your opinions are on those matters. Well, that, that's the way they work. That's where they operate. I understand there's an election coming up, and the great, the thing about racist, white racists, uh, like the liberals and uh, and these uh, black socialists, they could care less about black lives. What they care about is. Is, is ramping up the emotions of people that they have already made hopeless and have them believe that every single time a black person is shot or killed, it is a part of a white person or a part of a policeman. When a person has done wrong, they should go to jail. They should be punished like anyone else across the board, black or white. But when we get to the point where automatically we judge a situation based on color, we have become the problem. We've become racist. And look at something about, about racists. They're never happy. They're judgmental, they're angry, they're never happy, and they never will be. So the last thing we need to do as a race is let those races turn us into racists. And I tell you, for those people who call themselves that black lives matter, let's talk about how black lives really do matter. How about the 16 million black babies that have been aborted that you support? How about those kids in those communities who don't have jobs because of, anti- because of the Davis-Bacon Act, which you support as a Democrat? How about those kids who cannot leave those dangerous schools and are forced not to have any education to leave those schools totally illiterate and hopeless because you support the Democrats who do that? Those lives matter also. We need to start talking up. And I'll tell you the other point, I'm looking forward to getting some men. The reason I call this turning men into whinies, weenies, and wimps, we need to finally get black men to stand up again, to stand up and, pro- and protect and provide protection for our women. And enough of this stuff with these liberal racists continue to attack our women in unbelievable ways, and we sit quietly and, do, and let them do that. So overall, black lives matter, black women matter, black kids matter, along with every other American that lives in this country. We, we all matter. And it's time for us to put aside this racist 
black racist uh, process that has been pushed throughout community by Badcom. They understand that's the group that's doing this. It's white, liberal, bullies and cops that hide behind the curtains of Viacom, that board of directors, 100% white. And that's the message that we're getting, this result. And I think Americans need to turn around and start giving a free enterprise uh, uh, um, some kind of feedback or pushback. Let the free market, let the free market kind of judge these people for what they're doing because they're, they're destroying our country at this point. And um, just for clarification, his name is Philandro Castillo. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but that's the name of the other gentleman who, who died um, up in Minnesota. Yeah, um, I'm just hoping that whatever, in other words, I, if, if the policemen were wrong, then I really do hope they they serve they serve their sentence and and and, and are punished for it. If they're if they're not wrong, then I hope they get off like uh, any other free American should get off. It's unfortunate that that you have these groups coming into the community and stirring up the emotions before having any sort of uh, factual investigation. Um, like I mentioned, it just and it really makes it hard for when the facts do come out. Yeah. For for it to be any sort of I guess unbiased um, opinion on what has happened. Yeah. So. Well, Brian, uh, when I talked about breeding earlier, understand that is what the Democratic Party has been doing for over 100 years. Uh, Margaret Singer, their their all American hero, believed in uh, race population control and looked at us, looked at black people as reckless breeders. Well, the Democratic Party is, is now has been breeding the black. Uh, community for decades. And right now, they're trying to breed for their votes this coming November. Understand that every chance they get to get the inner, the inner city riled up and angry and hopeless, so to get them out, get them on the bus, and take them to the, the polls, that's what Democrats do. They're breeding our race. And I think it's, a, it's, it's time for us to say enough of this mess. It's time for us to stand up against them, find some solutions for those in the inner city, help them not to be hopeless and dependent on a group of um, opportunists, because they will show up every single before the election, and the same old civil rights has-beens will be putting, out, putting their face out there trying to get our, our people to vote once again, 90%, for a, a party that has failed them for over 50 years. We need to change that. Yes, and I definitely want to recommend everyone to, to go out and get your book on July 19th. Um, it definitely sheds light on some untold history of the NAACP or uh, Planned Parenthood or uh, BET, and it definitely is a very insightful book. Um, again, can, can, uh, I, can I also make a point real quick, Brian? Yeah. Because I, I, I'd love to. Uh, right now, my, my goal is to, to strike back at the bullies, and right now, at the top of Viacom's list of, of the target list of, of someone who's gotten off the plantation is Stacey Dash. And I'm going to ask Americans uh, that we, Stacy represents the Dorothy, all those who did not survive the last 15, 20 years of liberalism, or 30 years of liberalism. And I'm going to ask Americans to let's hit these bullies back with accounts in their pocketbook with education. Stacy just came out with a book, There Goes My Social Life, uh, from Coolest Conservatives. And I, if I can encourage everyone, before buying my book, let's make her a number one bestseller. She is what's happened after liberalism. My book is what happened before the liberalism. Between the two, you get a good idea of what these guys have done. But let's make sure we hit those guys where it counts uh, uh, with the ones that are right now being targeted by Viacom, and that's Stacey Dash. There goes my social life, from clueless to conservative. 
Yep, and get her book and also your book, Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. Again, it comes out July 19th. Thank you so much, Mr. Owens, for your time. Thank you, Brian. appreciate it, buddy. Let's make this thing happen. Yep, and thanks to Burgess for giving us his time back then in July. And, like, well, if you heard at the beginning, that was for, for Politichicks at that time. And, um, yep, so, like I said, this is, well, that was part one, and part two will be on Thursday with a interview with um, Mr. Owens this week. And hope you like like that little flashback and hopefully listen in on Thursday with our new interview with uh, Burgess Owens. So appreciate everyone listening in. And don't forget, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's TrendChat247. And, you know, before we go, I do want to say I actually... I am in the 48 states I've finally gotten into. I am in North Dakota. I just thought about that and wanted to mention that right quick. I have driven all 48 states now. So we're broadcasting from Fargo, North Dakota. So just want to put that out there. And like I said, thanks for listening in. And until Thursday with part two with Burgess Owens, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. 
Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at Norton.com slash news.